Good evening and welcome to Milkshake Monday. It's being brought by Fordos Production, my new company, and I'm Anita Helm. I wanted to first start by saying I'm in my isolation digs because I tested positive for COVID-19. The disease is still real and we need to make sure that we're still safeguarding ourselves. I let my guard down and didn't have a mask on at the appropriate places apparently, and I picked it up. And for those who are not vaccinated, I can tell you that I have mild symptoms because I've been double vaccinated and double boosted, and I still feel that my body is, is fighting something pretty, pretty hard. So I'm just telling you, stop playing with this thing because this thing is punching back. So with these different variants, please take it seriously. That being my public service announcement for the second or third time. Now, I want to stop and say thank you all. Thank you. Resurrection Baptist Church. Thank you, Lord. Let me start with thanking God for allowing me to have another birthday this past Sunday. Praise the Lord on high. It was through his mercy and his grace. I thank my church family. I did hear you singing happy birthday. Thank you for the cards and the gifts, uh, all the love that you shared. Thank you for my own family, my own friends and, and my Facebook family. It, it, it's always Interesting. I've never had Facebook. It's always been William's Facebook and I've been the person who would manage it. But for myself, this was the first year that I think I've taken it on. So I didn't see real time how all of these messages come from all of the different continents starting Saturday at the different time zones and people wishing me a happy birthday. And I just want to tell you all that I so appreciate it. And Pam, I hope to tell you at, at the last because I'll start crying, but you have been a blessing. My sister, Reverend Helm would be so grateful for how you've loved and supported us for the birthday, for the sickness. You girl, you have shared the love and kindness that he has taught us for years. So I just want to say, Thank you, my love. I love you, love you, love you. So my neighbor next door said, I told her about my voice. and <laughs> She said, speak less, Anita. So I'm going to try to share the message of the gospel tonight and say it in a way that the Holy Spirit will anoint it, but it's going to challenge you all to read and study on your own some. So I said, what are you building? Each of us is building something every day. We don't realize it sometimes. It's not as direct and overt as we may think. But in the days, in the time that God has given us, we are building. We're building things in our lives. We're building things up in our spiritual lives. All of this is happening. So tonight I wanted to take the time to actually talk about it. I'm going to go to the first scripture. It's going to be out of Psalm 118. And we're going to start verses 20 through 24. Interesting enough. Many of the Christian services that I've gone to, they always have this song, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. And everybody sings and they get excited about it. Before you get to this is the day, there's a scripture that many of us don't understand when it comes to building. Let me read it and then I'll let you know. It says in verse 20 of Psalm 118, this is the gate of the Lord. The righteous will enter through it shall give thanks to you for you have answered me and you have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Stop and put a pin in that. There are builders who reject the chief cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ. There are people that say that some of them say that they're religious, that they love God, but yet they don't want anything to do with Jesus. I just had an arg I didn't have an argument. I had a person that says that they are, I don't know if they say it or not, didn't say names, but they go to a Christian church every now and then. And they said they found a person 
that checks all the boxes. And I said, are they Christian? Just no, that's the first box. And they said, no, they're something else. And I just went silent. And the person said, why are you, why are you going silence? I am not going to give my energy. And I just said the scripture, the Lord says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Nothing more for me to say. So if you're going to be foolish, you're going to go down a road for a, a train wreck. The stone, which the builder rejected. What are you building? You can build a home on mess or you can build a home on the foundation of the word. The rest of the scripture says in verse 23, this is the Lord's doing. God always knew about the rejection because he knew in order for them to get to the divine plan of God, the very creation that Christ created, speaking from John 1, would be the very people that reject him to cause. Can you think of this? The Lord created the wood that he was going to be crucified on. He created the beings that would put the wood together to put him on there. He created the sky. He created the blood. He created the body. Everything about that situation he created because he knew that his creations were on their way to eternal damnation. So when God says this is the Lord's doing, he knew that the builders would reject his son. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And you, you don't even realize he's talking about the day that he knew his son would go to the cross willingly because of the rejection, because he wanted to have a way of escape for us who sinned. All right, y'all don't get it. So let's make it easy. In my examples that I'm going to talk about tonight, I'm going to make things that are physical buildings so you can understand it. And then I'm going to give you some spiritual examples of buildings. You got it. So some of it will be easy to follow and others you got to have to kind of pray about it and figure this thing out as you go into your prayer closet. The first one's going to be easy. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 11, verses one through nine. Now, some of us are building for all kinds of reasons, but I want to show you the first example that God shows about building. Now, here's an example of the Tower of Babel. Many of us know about the Tower of Babel, but I think that sometimes you forget why did he decide the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit decide that we needed new languages. Look what it says here in verse one. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other in that common speech, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They use bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then there's an operative word about what are you building? Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. That's why a lot of people are building what they're building. They're building up their reputation. They're building up their legacy. They're building up their bank account. They're, big, they're building up all this stuff about self. That's why Christ says in order to follow him, we have to deny self. But look what these people in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, we need to make something up to the heavens so we can make a name for ourselves. We don't want to have God as the priority. We don't want him at the top, just like Lucifer. He didn't want to give the praise. He wanted the praise for himself. 
He rebelled as a result of wanting to praise himself. He didn't want to be subservient to the almighty God. He wanted to elevate himself. And some of us today, even coming together, we don't want to have the Lord on high. We don't want the word of God to be proclaimed. We don't want to be about Jesus. We want to be about our titles. We want to be about being on the deist. We want to be about having our name. We want to be called the bishop. We want to have the royalty. We want people standing up because like them, so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, look at the word. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. What did God do when he realized the foolishness of what they did? He scattered them all over the face of the whole earth and confused their language because they had already gotten so full of themselves. In Genesis, they were full of themselves. There's already been a sin in Genesis 3. And now these, we've had murders coming up already. And now they're so full of themselves. They want to get up to God's level. And a lot of people want to get up to God's level. They think if we can build things, we can invent things, if we can create a goat to make it a, you know, a clone of this, clone of that, we can do this. We don't have to have God at the center of the attention. We could be up there. Let's keep going because I'm going to, I'm not going to read it all tonight. Read the rest of the story of the Tower of Babel. Now we're going to go to something that's not a physical building. It's something spiritual. And I know we've heard many times the story of the prodigal son, but I'm going to take it a little bit further. Instead of you just thinking about the one son, I want you to see that there is a building of a pig pen mentality. And there's also a building of a pride and entitlement mentality because there are two sons and both of them. This is symbolic of the father, almighty God, and that God will allow us to go our different ways and sin, but he's always looking for us to come back. Y'all know that story. I'm using it to show the building of what we see in these scenarios. And there's some mamas and daddies where you have some grown kids. And if you were, I were a custom woman, I would say some grown as kids. Because you are letting them shirk responsibilities that you know that you know they need to have. But you want to love them. You want to be their savior. You want to be the mama that you didn't have, that you want to make sure that you do all this for them. But you're ruining grown folks. And these grown folks are having children that you're continuing to perpetuate that generational curse. And you have to ask God, what is it he wants done with his heritage, not yours? So let's start with the first thing, building pig pens. We're building children and adults for pig pen living. Now, in verse 11 of chapter 15 of Luke, man had two sons. The younger said to his father, give me, give me the share of property that is coming to me. It comes at the inheritance after the daddy's death. He's already out of line because he's telling him, give me. There's no please. There's no father. I, I, I just want this because this boy had been foolish from the beginning. And these parents know that they're building pig pen mentalities, pig pen behaviors. This boy's foolishness and the way he had this in his heart wasn't just happening after he got the money. Daddy and mama saw something, but they didn't correct that folly because they were listening to Dr. Spock. They were listening to their girlfriends and their guy friends. They weren't listening to what the voice of the Lord said about the children. And I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about honoring God's word for his heritage. 
And he divided his property between them. That's two sons. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had that the daddy just gave him. Some of y'all giving the, the grown folks, here's $20 today. Here's $50 today. Here, here's some money for your cigarettes today. Here's some money for your alcohol today. Here's some money for your cell phone today. You're building pig pen mentalities. I'm not being mean. I'm telling you, you need to find out what thus saith the Lord about grown folks. It says here, he had and took a journey into a far country and there he squandered. When you build pig pen mentalities, pig pen behaviors, then you wonder why sloth, laziness. God talks about laziness, but you know better, mama. You know better, daddy. You don't mind because you're okay with it. I don't really like it, Sister Helm. It really bothers me. Yes, it does, but not enough to say this ain't happening because God tells me if you want to eat, you need to work. It says here, he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, wasn't even his money, it was the daddy's inheritance. He's already blown the inheritance in a matter of days. A severe famine arose in the country and he began to be in need. And guess what? He wasn't at daddy's house to get all the stuff that daddy would cover. My cell phone is, bill is due. My car payment's due. My insurance is due. I don't got no groceries for the kids. I don't got no clothes for the kids. School's getting ready to start. I need some school supplies. I need some of this. Y'all know it. I'm not telling you something new. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens. He's not used to working. So he's got to hire himself out in the country. And then he finds that he has been sent into the fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs were eating. Because guess what? Nobody's feeding him now. Daddy has always been feeding him. But nobody's feeding him now that he's on his own and he's got to fend for himself because nobody ever taught him. The building that was going on was pig pen mentality. But see what? God always gives us the best. God has given us the word of God. God has given us the spirit of God. But we are so into ourselves, making a name for ourselves and what we got going on. We don't want to hear from God. We don't want to hear what God says is truth. We want to hear what the foolishness and the folly of the songs and the entertainment and the games and all that stuff out there. And then we wonder why things are going wrong in our lives. And then finally you get to the point, I can't read it all because I'm going to save my voice a little. He comes to his senses. He said, I got to go home. And daddy receives him because he's symbolic of God. But here's the other situation of the building of pride and entitlement. The other brother and I always think about some of them, them brothers being probably some of the deacons of the church, the trustees of the church, the long, the long standing members of the church, the workers of the church. It's just that 20, that 20 percent that's in the church doing all the work. That when that brother comes back and they see the, the joy, the joy. But like that brother says, y'all didn't give me no party. Y'all let my friends come over here. Why, why are you so happy, Pastor, that that brother came back? Why are you so happy, Pastor, that that sister came back? There's a building of pride and entitlement. And I want y'all to, I can't read the whole scripture, and I, I'm going to preserve my voice a little bit. Let's go to verse 25, Luke 15. Now his older son was in the field. Whenever they would tell him, get the calf together, get the ring, all this stuff, excitement, excitement. 
older brother come back. What's going on? What's happening? I've been out working. What's happening? I'm part of the 20%. What's happening? He gets the 411. Oh, Lord. Now, his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. Oh, man, they cutting up. They grabbed some good times. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. What's up? Y'all know. What's up? What's going on? And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him back safe and sound. Brother, big brother was P.O.'d. Y'all know what P.O. stand for. Y'all know it. Come on now. And it says, it makes it plain, but he was angry and refused to go in. Refused to the point that the daddy had to know that the older brother's out there and the daddy's going to come out and say, son, come on in. Come on in. And the oldest son, who the who has had in his life being built for pride because I'm the better son. I'm the one that's doing right. I'm the one I'm going to take care of the money I got for my inheritance. I ain't going to squander it like the other. The other. And when the other comes back, now you see what's going on in the church because we're building both of the mentalities. We're building up a pride and entitlement that, oh, I'm part of the trustee society. Oh, I'm part of the people that brought in this nice sanctuary. I'm part of this. And then you have the person that's been out in the pig pen coming back in and people being happy because they're going to see and receive him with open arms like the Lord wants us to love and, and not throw in their face what they did before. Oh, you got both of them being built in the church. Don't be, don't be fooled. Y'all know the truth. He says his father came out and entreated him. But he answered, this is where his pride is coming out. This is where the truth is when his heart is going to come out. But he answered his father. Can I say it a little attitude? Let me give a little bit of attitude. Look, these many years I have served you and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I may celebrate with my friends. But when, can I say if you were this heathen foolish son of yours, that's not in the Bible, so I'm just I'm emphasizing. Let me go say the right word. But when that son of yours came who has devoured your property with prostitutes you killed the fatted calf for him for him for him with an explanation point for him not me that's not in the bible but that's what he said not me i'm the one that deserves it i'm the one that's been around i'm the one that's been doing the double load now he's gone that was just for emphasis and he said to him son you're always with me. And all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this. Your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. That's where you have to be careful. What is what is it you're building? Are you building a situation where pig pen mentality and behaviors in your family and yourself? Are you building pride and entitlement because you think, you're, you're, you're doing Bible study. You're doing all this stuff for the, the Lord and he should just be so happy about what you're doing. <laughs> None of us is righteous. No, not one. The angels rejoice when one sinner comes. We have to rejoice. We can't look at say, well, I've been, God is not keeping score for how long you've been doing whatever you've been doing. He's just, all of us should be just grateful that he's saying, I know you and come on in. Let me go to another physical structure. 
Nehemiah with the rebuilding of the wall. You got to read all of Nehemiah. Chapter one talks about remorse. He was remorseful to find the state of what he found in the city. And so part of when you're building something, are you remorseful for the things that God would want to be not in disrepair? The families, people want to know, why are you doing four does? Because it, I am remorseful. I am saddened. I am cheerful that so many couples are calling it quits. So many families are being destroyed. So many people don't know what they need to know about husband or wife or choosing a spouse or what you do when things get tough in your life. What do you do with the finances? What do you do about the career? Where does God fit in? I don't know all the answers and I'll tell you that truthfully, but I'm remorseful. Nehemiah was remorseful at the status of the wall, but then he doesn't just stay in remorse. He's in a position that God has him in. And you're going to see that God's favor allows him to speak to the king who is, that's his full-time job. And guess what? Some of us, we have full-time jobs, but God will call us to do something that's for his purpose his divine purpose. And we have to stop that full-time secular job in his timing and through his spirit's leading. And we have to do what you were created to do. Nehemiah was the cupbearer of the king, but there was a time that he had to ask God and God was going to make some things happen to the point. The king is not only going to have favor to let him get letters and get supplies and get leave to go do this, but God, he had to have somebody willing willing to leave that secular job they had as the cupbearer and do the work of the Lord. I know that's scary and it was scary for him, but look what he does. You got to read chapter one, going into chapter two. Let's start at verse four. This is the king talking to Nehemiah. What is your request? Replied the king. So I prayed. He didn't go in his flesh. I prayed to the God of heaven and answered the king. You don't know what time span, but there was a request and he prayed to the God of heaven. And then he answered. He got the words. He got the preparation of what had to happen in the supernatural, even though it's going to be a physical building, but there are some things in the supernatural. What are you building spiritually before you can get to that physical, he had to pray. And he said, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the only city where my fathers are buried so that I may rebuild it. Talking about that wall. But God will even allow the people in your secular job to do for you what they won't do for others because God will speak to their heart to see that you are, I'm not talking about you being a good person. That's not what I'm talking about because when God's favor is on you, you're not being a good person. You're being a person that loves God and it's shining through you and it's showing through what you're building in that relationship. And they see something in you. It's not you. It's they see the God in you. They see the God about you. They see the God through you. Now it goes on to say, he goes and asks for what he wants. And may I have letters to Aspa, keeper of the king's forest, so that he will give me timber. And you see about these letters. But in addition 
to the letters he gets for the supplies. The king provides protection. The Lord provided protection because Nehemiah was going to be traveling through lands and he was going to have supplies that were valuable supplies. He had such favor in the king's sight because of the prayers and God's desire to have his divine purpose to be fulfilled through this man's life that the king sent an army of officers and a cavalry with Nehemiah for his protection. After I had arrived in Jerusalem and had been there three days. Now here's something you got to know about your building. You can't tell everybody what God has told you to build and what God has called you to do until God gives the revelation for you to say it's time get some support now because you can tell people what God's vision is the dream and they'll be dream busters. They'll be dream killers. There'll be people that don't want to see it fulfilled. What you're building, they don't have faith to build. So they're going to tell you why you can't build, but God will say, he says, after I had arrived in Jerusalem and had been there three days, I set out at night with a few men. I did not tell anyone what my God had laid on my heart to do for Jerusalem. God through his prayer life had laid it on Nehemiah's heart. What to do in Jerusalem. God is laying on some of your hearts what you are supposed to do for his divine purpose. And I asked you, what are you building? It's not what you're building for yourself. It's what are you building for God that God has laid it on your heart. You were created for a purpose. You were created for a plan of God's and he's laid it on your hearts. But have you taken the time to listen? The only animal with me was the one in which I was riding. Now, I'm, I can't have y'all read the whole thing. Excuse me for, but it says here in Nehemiah 4, 6 about this. We always had the people had a mind to work. In different translations, mind is, is heart to work, excited to work. And so it says, so built we, as there came a time where he shared his vision. So we, so built we the wall. And all the wall and was joined together unto the half thereof for the people had a mind to work. Now I would go into, if I had time and a voice to tell you how the enemies came about to try to stop the work. But Nehemiah was having the Lord's wisdom to know not to let people stop him, not to let the ploys and the the pleas that were falsehoods that were ultimately just trying to stop the work. But guess what? What I have seen is that where we say people had a mind to work and one of the translations said they were excited. We're excited for the things that are pleasing to our flesh now. We're building up ourselves and our flesh and we're excited about, like I said before, everything that's around the church, the robes, the titles, the buildings, the budgets, the the loftiness, the celebrations, all of that, so much energy, so much energy. But where's the energy to go out and talk to people that don't know Christ? Where's the energy to go talk to that stranger that doesn't know Christ? Where is the energy to get out of your comfort zone, get out of the fish tank 
and go talk to these people who don't know Christ. We're excited about all these things, but people are dying, not just from COVID, from suicide, from gun violence, from opioid addictions, for all of these things that are going around. Where's our excitement about telling people about thus saith the Lord? It's not all the shepherd. Sheep beget sheep. What are the sheep excited about? The last scripture that I want to go to is what's interesting about many of us in these Christian congregations that I've been a part of for years. Like I've said, I've been a part of yeah, large, small congregations. I don't really get into numbers. I don't get into all that stuff. I want to hear the word of God. I want to hear what the proclaimed word of God is. With many of the churches, we have benedictions and the benedictions will end with uh, Jude verses 24 to 25. But before you get to Jude 24, chapters on one chapter of Jude. So Jude chapter one, verse 24 and 25 is normally where the benediction comes from. And we hold our hands up and we, we say this benediction and then we just leave and go home and do our own thing. But before you get to that benediction, there is verse 20. And that's the building of something that I think that gets lost every day. The scripture says, I'm going to read it. It says, but you beloved, you beloved, that's me and you building yourselves up, up, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. You know, the faith is in Christ because he's the only thing holy. It's not us. Building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Nehemiah was praying in the Holy Spirit. That's how he got the mind. That's how he got what was laid on his heart. That's how he understood that he had to go before the Lord and pray before he answered the king. Keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion. Not all. Some of y'all got the compassion on these people that y'all build in pig pen mentalities. But y'all ain't thinking about the other folks that need to hear about the truth of God's word. Because you're telling it to the people of the pig pen mentality. But you're not telling it to the people that God is drawing you to. There are some sons and daughters that are not your out of your body that God is drawing you to, to tell them about what thus said the Lord, because they may be receptive because the spirit has been working on them, but your pin pig pin mentality within your house, they don't want to hear it. They're still in the foolishness because they haven't got to the point where they're coming to themselves, but you are determined. You are hellfire determined that you're going to get them kids saved. You pray for them, put that, word on the altar of God and you listen to the spirit of God for how he's going to draw you to have compassion on some and on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now here's the benediction that we all hear now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God, our savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, 
dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Now do you understand why Psalm 118, the stone which the builder rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. So I didn't want to go without talking about what are you building with COVID? You know, I think about Rev and how he was so sick and I'm not half as sick as he was. I'm maybe even a fourth as sick as he was. And he just was determined that he was going to give every breath that he had to speak the word of God. And I told Pamela at the beginning, and I will tell her again, that as I think about my birthday yesterday, as I thought about the month of July, because Rev used to have this thing where he wanted to celebrate the whole month. <laughs> so I kind of do it now, not the whole month, but I do a lot of the month. So it wasn't so bad yesterday when I got diagnosed with COVID because I had really celebrated and faith has been a blessing in Albany and, and everybody's been a blessing. So it wasn't so bad, but I, my sister, Pam, she's my niece, but she's my sister, blessed me. And then when she found out I was sick, she blessed me and I was getting ready for tonight. And I said to myself, I have not felt sadness or grief because of my birthday. And I thank all of you for that. Uh, and I thought that, you know, Rev was a big birthday celebrator. He loved Christmas. I almost had Christmas in July all these years that I knew him. And I thought about you, Pam. And I said, I, I believe that Reverend would have said um, some of his words that he let, you know, that's wonderful. He always had a way when he was ex excited about what people did and he saw them going beyond and being kind and loving. And I could hear him saying, that's wonderful. And I, I wanted to tell you, Pam, that I am very thankful for you. I'm thankful for all my family. Pam is special and I, I'm not going to hide that. She's special. We're like sisters and she and I both grew up under reverence teaching for many decades and we are striving to live a life that would be pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ and would be honoring to, he was her uncle father and he was my husband brother. And we're just very grateful uh, that I got to see your love and, uh, and, and very, uh, I'm very touched and I wanted to share that. And I joke to say uh, that with my lower voice, I was going to sing, um, <laughs> uh, I was like, da 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 caught up in the rapture of love. Sorry. Didn't have it tonight, but I just want to say, I love you all. And I am caught up in the rapture of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I am celebrating always you all. And for this birthday and whatever more that God may see us through to see again, I thank you. And a Lord willing, I will see you next week. God bless you all.